Welcome to Probably Science. My name's Andy Wood. I'm sitting to the left of Matt Kirshen. Hey, Andy. How are things? We've moved. We've rotated. Oh, it's... Uh, How are you feeling in the center spot? It's a lot of pressure here. I feel like a mediator. It is. It is. Yeah. It's the couch of Damocles. <laughs> um, good to see you. It's been a little while. I was out of town. Sorry for the late episode again. I think uh, 90% of our late episodes this year have been my fault. So... Um, yeah, Andy. How dare I take vacation? I know. You're the worst. Uh, how was your vacation? It we was, just, let's, let's get our guest ready. Yes, why not? So he doesn't feel like he has to sit silently and wait for his moment to say anything. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a very funny comedian. Someone I also found out. How, well, we'll talk about this in a second, but actually a rare comic with a science background, but the very funny Forrest Shaw. Right. Hello. Thank How's you for going? joining us. Yeah. Thanks for coming over. And Andy was recently in Mexico. I That's was in Mexico. Was I was in the city of Sayulita, which is a little uh, sleepy little town to the north of Puerto Vallarta. And I was there during the San Guadalupe Festival, I think it's called, which is like a Christmas time. As far as I can affair. work out from the videos that you posted, that's a festival where irresponsible parents strap fireworks to their children and let yeah. them loose in the village square. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a thing called the. Um, Maybe it isn't even called the Sang. I should I should know what the festival's called. But yeah, those kids run around with the thing. I think it's called a torito, like a little bowl, and it's like a paper mache wireframe bullhead that the kid uh, hoists up over his shoulders, that runs through a crowded plaza while fireworks shoot off from all yeah. sides, like uh, a very yeah. festive suicide bomber. I think I've seen something like that before. Yeah, like on, on the YouTube. But yeah. why were you there? Just for fun. So oh, okay. I just happened to be there during that, but um, yeah, it he's was not allowed to strap fireworks on children in <laughs> yeah, California. So you just look at the things that they get away with, and you're like, man, my my childhood was some real bullshit. <laughs> who wouldn't love to? Yeah, strapped. I mean, it's really you saw it's dangerous. It's like, astonishingly it's, dangerous. It's I saw that, and fire. I thought, like, even if that were like thirty year old men in that position i'd be like that's a bit dangerous <laughs> it's <laughs> anyway. a very dry place there's lots of like tinder at one point the kid wood. just got in the got video stuck shot. in the gazebo yeah got stuck of. in a gazebo you never fireworks. shot fireworks at each other when you were a kid well yeah but these i mean do you want to see the footage yeah i'd like to see it but, but i mean no, we used to we'll, shoot we'll, the the uh, the, uh, the um, roman candles you never but the guns. Not, yeah. <laughs> no, like no, i mean obviously, obviously fire, not parents yeah wheel of fire spinning next to the guy's head and the kids all gleefully run towards it that are away from it uh, yeah, I was, I was pretty jealous just of the fact that their childhoods are way more uh, dangerous and fun than mine. But yeah, yeah, it was also jealous uh, that you're alive right? right now and that some of them won't be. This <laughs> is, I also, I'm jealous of their death because I went to one of the cemeteries and they do death better, way better than we do. Also, well, I did, I did um, this Halloween or or the before Halloween for Dia de los Muertos went to yeah. the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is just up the road from here, which is a fine enough cemetery. As American have, cemeteries, but go. they have a full. Because obviously Los Angeles has a very healthy sized right. uh, Mexican community, and it's amazing. Like they have all the different shrines set up, and they like have way more the... colors. Right? It's not like just oh yeah, slabs but, but of like everyone gray. like they have all these special themed like is it? I think they call it shrines, but like just basically <laughs> mini exhibitions just all around the cemetery that people have put on for either concepts or specific people. Yeah, yeah, and. Huge uh, effort. I thought it was all white people for that thing. I've seen the festival. I wanted to go, but then I just thought oh, it was no, white no. people with drums. Yeah, I just assumed. Yeah, no, yeah. no, no. It's it's legit. legit. Okay, I guess why wouldn't it be? It's Los Angeles. Yeah, it's. Huh. And there are also a fair share of white people, of which I was one. But right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I I didn't feel like at any point like this is. Did you I ever did, face paint it? Uh, I didn't. Because uh, I did feel a bit weird about that. I felt yeah. a bit like even if it is 
a Mexican woman at a Mexican festival painting my face, I still felt a bit like, all right, this yes. is not my thing. Slightly appropriation. But, um, uh, and also there was a big line and it was very expensive. But <laughs> um, Just say the first thing, it sounds better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, um, but no, I, I, th- I would have felt like a bit of a dick going around with the full face paint. But yeah, they have all that. They have all the like professional people who really know what they're doing with the face paint. With oh, the- right, right, right. Yeah. I'd feel like a dick with face and- paint on in any scenario. That's yeah. true. Yeah, that's like whenever I've gone to a good. sporting event and somebody has their face painted. <laughs> I'm always happy when their team loses, though. When they zoom in on them and there's just a guy with his face painted and he's sad. Some <laughs> yeah. of the best Tears best just moments slowly of my trickling life. down yeah. some orange yeah, paint. Yeah. yeah. Not even tit. Just, just sad, just frowny <laughs> face paint. <laughs> With like you know the Miami Dolphins logo, it's, like, it's hilarious to me. So there's nothing. It's an adult. And you're just like that's yeah, your fault. Painted your face, and you're forty. And Idiot. you're probably married. Like what's the yeah, what's the spouse of that person doing? Like Honey, probably painting you, their can face. Can you do my face, please? Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. What am I yeah. saying? Yeah, what they're it's doing. The worst. Honey, you know when I did it myself in the mirror, it looked bad. <laughs> it's like that backwards lettering is like the mirror image. Yeah, you, just, you've got it slightly wrong. It says Bleggles. <laughs> oh, it's just backwards. That's what it looks right in the mirror. Like the cameras are like, what is this reverse? The last, I don't go to many sporting events anymore because there's just too many fights. And uh, and it's, again, expensive. I should, I'm just going to leave that. <laughs> too many fights and I'm yeah, above yeah. it. No, but sure. it's very... The last one I went to, though, was... Um, it was at a, a Dolphin game and the guy had his whole body painted like it was a jersey. But okay. he was really fat. And... <laughs> And it was it just it was just gross. But he also had like a fake helmet. He had no hair too, so he had like a okay. helmet painted right. on. Yeah, yeah. But like the, the, whatever his name was was what he wrote on the back of the jersey. He didn't even write like you know. There's not even a good dolphin player now. Anyways, that's probably why. But but he wrote it like crooked, and it was like just going down. It was like melting. And it was just, <laughs> I think we said like some of the letters were lost in a roll of back fat or something like that. Almost. <laughs> up yeah. The, I mean, part of his jersey was. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like, but. Just disgusting. Oh, well, it turns out it's uh, Henderson, not Henson, as we yeah. first thought. <laughs> and they lost that day, and I was right. Be- I was two rows behind them, and it made me happy. That's so great, just the slow yeah. walk back to the car, <laughs> trying to like wipe it off with your hands as you're, as you're going. You're trying to get high. Yeah, knowing okay, that he's going to be that color for the rest of the week. <laughs> like it just... Yeah, it's the tint of it. Uh, so, Forrest, we ask our guests this before we get started. Normally, um, what is your background in science? Oh well, I. I used to be a scientist before I was a comedian. <laughs> yeah. I have a, I have a degree. Well, I have a couple of them, but uh, the main one is, is uh, environmental science slash biology. Like, yeah, degree. Nice. And then um, I, uh, when I graduated, I went to Ithaca College, which is where everybody goes for biology. Is it? No. <laughs> Physical <laughs> therapy, music, big, and yeah, film. Big That's film a, yeah. program. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a big <laughs> film program. They actually have a very good science program. I mean, it's like any school you go to. It's all what you put into it. I mean, yeah, yeah. it's not like the professors there were idiots. Like, I don't even know what a cell is. Right. You know, they just... <laughs> so they, you I know. can bench press one. <laughs> I had great professors, and so I had... And I got to do some great internships and things like that. So, uh, But I'm from Miami originally, and then I went to school in central New York. And then uh, I eventually went back to Miami, and then uh, I worked down there. I had various different jobs that sort of related to my degree, and then I finally fell into a job where I was a uh, marine biologist for all intents and purposes for about 13 years. I worked wow. for the county government for their environmental department, and we did a lot of research and monitoring. And of How many dolphins community. did you get to pet in the average week? Well, I actually, my first job... No, my my first job was for the National Audubon Society, taking kids on field trips and going to the school and teaching them about 
the environment. So that was oh, cool. terrible. That's, no, it was not cool. cool. I, I thought that was like fulfilling or something. <laughs> no, not at all. Because they don't give a shit. It was like, it's a field trip. Mem- every field trip you were on, you remember? Like <laughs> It's just an excuse. Yeah, to it was right. like day off. And then whatever person was, the teachers would sit in the back of the line of wherever the kids were, or the back of the room. And they would just like let this guy yeah, yeah, who's yeah. dressed in a fake ranger outfit <laughs> every the day. And I'm trying to teach them about aquifers and they don't, they don't care, you know. They just want to buy snacks and feed them the alligators. And right. So I had that job for a little bit. And then I worked uh, at, a, a, at a facility that was a, it was a dolphin. It's a marine mammal swim. that You would go, you'd go there and swim. It was also an education oh. facility. But it was also um, they did a lot of work with, uh, with disabled children. Cool and dolphin stuff. So I actually got to spend a lot of time. With Ironically, dolphins. you did pet dolphins. Yeah, and then um, and then I worked for thirteen years for the county uh, as as diff- varying different uh, specialties, but most of it was water quality, benthic monitoring of marine communities, and manatee protection. So I did a lot of work. Oh, okay. Manatees, yeah. yeah, this like is what the, I heard. Uh, you were, you were, you manatees were your thing. Yeah, it's like. Yeah, I ended it by the last. I was there thirteen years, and the last six, seven years, I was like the manatee guy for Dade County. Because those know. things love propellers, right? They're just yeah, they're drawn to, drawn yeah. to propellers. They're uh, yeah. Well, you mean yeah that you you can identify most man almost every manatee has a propeller scar of some sort oh. on it. So it's almost like a fingerprint for manatees right. at this point, <laughs> where you can identify man- manatees based on their scar patterns. From propellers on their back or their face or their tail or their, you know, whatever. And these are mostly on like those, uh, what's it, the intercoastal waterway or whatever it's called? Or is it like yeah, in the ocean Yeah, because too, that's where a lot of people spend time on their boats and right. that's where the manatees live. They live in shallow water for the most part, yeah. uh, part near some sort of fresh water source where the seagrass is, where they're going to eat. And that's, you know, that's most of the time varies from around two to three feet deep to maybe 10 or 15, but not much yeah. deeper than that. And they got to come up to breathe too. So right, right. A lot of times the boats... But, you know, surprisingly, you would hardly ever see an manatee without, like, a prop scar. But uh, most of the time, the propeller isn't really what kills them. I'm not saying it hasn't ever killed them before because yeah. I've seen plenty of manatees that have been killed by propellers. But most of the time, it's blunt force trauma oh, okay. because their bones are, are – um, com- there's no real – there's no uh, bone marrow in their bones. Mm-hmm. They're basically, like, almost like rocks. The only flexible bones that they have are like it's near their head, but most of the rest of them, the, the rib cage or anything, it's just like when you if you hit it with something, it, it's really it's it's dense so that they can control their buoyancy basically when they're in the water. Oh, it's like a weight belt okay. when you're scuba diving, kind of if you're thinking like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and but so, but that makes it really bad when a boat hits it because they basically snap. Ooh, and they, they get don't like fix. you know like they'll puncture their lungs or they'll. You know, oh, okay. completely. So that so um, a lot of the deaths were like blunt force trauma from bo- boat impacts hitting them. If a propeller just runs over the back, although that can't feel good, right? They can they, they recover most of the time because that's yeah. you'll see them like you know five, six, seven, fifteen years later the scars are still there. There was a, there's a famous manatee that half of its face got chopped off by a propeller, Jesus. and it was, it was exposed. Its inside of its head was exposed, and they tried oh. to capture it. It was at a, a power plant in the winter. You know they all congregate there like for the. Um, uh, among other places, but when from the warm water outfall, they tried to catch it. They never did, and they're like, "Well, I guess that manatee's dead." Next uh, next year, they came back and it was just healed. Like, it, so they have these incredible healing properties. These, you know, these, huh. but, so, um, so. How do you actually manage? Like, how do you help make them safer? Then, if it, uh, yeah, well, so and, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so in Florida. You know, Florida is basically the range for the manatees that exist in in um, 
in the United States. Now, there's a there's a subspecies of the same uh, manatee that exists in, in Florida, in the Caribbean, and it's so similar that to the eye test, you wouldn't be able to tell. Yeah. There's a difference in their a couple of their vertebrae, and that's about it. But the range for the Florida manatee, basically, um, it, they can go all the way up into like Louisiana, Alabama, Mississippi on the coast. They've gone as far north. I think there's a new record this past year. They've gone as far north as Chesapeake Bay, but I believe one this year went all the way to like Delaware. And so the one that went to Chesapeake Bay, they called it Chessie because, you know, yeah, yeah. biologists are really creative. And, uh, and, and they kept <laughs> moving it back because it would stay up there for the winter. <laughs> There's another one that made it all the way up to Memphis on the Mississippi River, too. Damn. Just got stuck up there, and as it got colder, you know, manatees, anything below 68 degrees Fahrenheit, and the water is is uh, is a no-go for manatees over a sustained period of time of more than three or four days. So we Our that. listeners know that. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, I'm not, just saying not, it quick. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, because that's 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 the number one natural killer is cold weather and red tide. Those are the two yeah. natural killers. Hey, what's red tide? You? Yeah. Uh, red tide. You guys know what red tide is? Or red tide is, is like, like an a, algae thing or not? Yeah, it's a it's an algal bloom that the the catalyst for it that I found it is is actually sands from the Sahara that are blown over the Atlantic Ocean, and what? there's a certain metal that's a catalyst in the crazy for these blooms that occur, and it's a it's a red red al- algal bloom that when it happens, basically the water turns red, mm-hmm. uh, but it. It, when it when these blooms happen, it, if like if a human went in there, it would cause respiratory. If you were old or young, like any of those, uh, it, it, even if you were you know a healthy adult, like you'd have some probably some respiratory problems, like some breathing issues, things like that. Like that would affect you that way. You Just could, the air over the water would be bad. You could die, yeah, yeah, because of the it's outgassing and yeah. stuff. And but like you'll see a lot of fish kills because they can't breathe anymore, and then into manatees too. It's all anything that. It's, it just affects it affect respiratory yeah uh the respiratory systems for different animals so you, when red tides occur it's a natural occurring phenomenon but when it occurs you'll see dead fish dead manatees there'll be some dead dolphins there'll be dead anything that's yeah. especially stuff that's near the surface breathing near the surface and stuff like that so um this isn't a joke but is that what like the crimson tide is named for yeah <laughs> just like a, i just saw a thing because like, pretty... the, the alabama crimson tide they have an elephant as their mascot and that originally, I saw this whole thing. I was like, that originally was because they had like this big offensive line and they called him the elephants. Uh-huh. And like, I guess Bear Bryant fought that something. And then, but the Crimson Tide is, is like, was referring to the Red Tide. I'm referring to an environmental disaster. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And they're not even near the coast. I mean, Tuscaloosa is, yeah, I mean, Mobile's like, right, I guess it's close enough, but. Yeah. Although like, I guess like hurricanes, that's also a natural disaster. And that's a perfectly legitimate yeah, yeah. sporting. Uh, yeah. After guy. Hurricane Andrew, because I'm from Miami, after Hurricane Andrew, somebody wrote an article in the newspaper and they said the Miami hurricane should change your name because kids will be afraid. When they hear that, and it was like, of course, you can imagine how that went. Right, yeah, it wasn't yeah. even Twitter then, and she right, got right, pummeled. Right. So it could have been like NFL teams aren't even willing to change their name when it's actively racist. racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's just a bit of bad weather. I can't uh, believe the bullets got changed, but but nothing that's race related has gotten changed. Yeah, Remember, uh, bullets became the wizards, but they can't uh, undo Redskins. Like that's. And I went to Ithaca College, and our nickname was the Bombers. And I was there like during the Gulf War, and they were like, "We got to change it from the Bombers because yeah. it's like we don't really yeah. like it's not going to happen." We're Division three, first of all, we're not on anyone's radar. Like, yeah. <laughs> so. well, like if they're not going to change, you know, Richland, Washington, where they developed, like where part of the Manhattan Project was based. Yeah, everything there is atomic. Everything. So oh yeah, the mascot is as uh, a mushroom cloud for the local high school. <laughs> like, yeah. and Glendale is um, the Dynamiters. 
I live right near Glendale High School, and there's like a big bunch of dynamite on the side. I don't know if there was mining that went around. Yeah. I don't know of any mining that went on in there, but so, so yeah. So that I mean, so I, I, I don't know how we, where we got where we were talking about management. Oh but, yeah, yeah. But saving well, as far as oh, the protection yeah. for them. So in Florida. I was talking about their whole range stuff, but Florida basically uh, there's a manatee protection plan for each county, mm-hmm. and each county has to uh, regulate speed zones uh, okay. seasonally because manatees will be in area seasonally. So you have there's certain areas where boats will have to go slower, and then in other parts of the year they can go faster. Yeah, and then they're they're protected. You're not allowed to harm or harass or maim or injure or jump on their back, which people have done and tried to sure. ride them and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I actually know of a story where a guy was going to jump on the back of a manatee from a boat. And ended up being a dead manatee, and it had been dead for weeks. So it was basically liquid, liquid, <laughs> liquid. And he jumped through the. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. And I've, <laughs> yeah, and he jumped through like a dead manatee. It just came out the other side with just organs and stuff. And uh, it's great because. Um, it's obviously it smells. I don't think yeah. I need to tell you that it smells, yeah, but I've, yeah. I've seen and smelled a lot of dead manatees and it's just, there's been times where I've just touched it with my finger, like just a piece of uh, like a manatee that got stuck in a pipe for yeah. two weeks that no one knew about. And it's, it, it you have to like scrape yeah, your finger on like the, on the asphalt. I would go shh, 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 like yeah. to get it off my finger. It's like impossible to so get off. So this guy was, sheathed. this frat boy that was out there. <laughs> it was out in this area where a lot of people party in Miami. Like there's all these, like these sandbar areas where people just pull their boats up. And it was just, I wasn't there, but I was told the stories. So I just imagined those guys like, dead manatees, jump yeah. on. And then just jumped through a dead manatee, which is still illegal. I'm pretty sure. I think he, I don't yeah. think he, and he got any charges pressed against them, but. Uh, he just clears the dance floor at Senior Frogs instant, that night. Like, I think they were punishment. like, okay, you're good. We're like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're going to have you to learned, shave you your head. Basically, you'd have to shave your head, I would think. Like, the smell would be Shave terrible. all the hair off your body. Yeah, because you're just going to have chunks of dead, rotting yeah. flesh. <laughs> Yeah, the grossest thing. So anyway, so there's manatee protection. So they have these plans in place, and basically, um, they're put in place. And when we'd have to do surveys, like quarterly surveys, to show where the manatees were living or not living, so that we were making sure that we had the maps correct for we wanted to identify where the populations were, maybe why they were there, yeah. uh, but also just to kind of reaffirm like the manatee protection plan that we had in place yeah. that it was accurate, then it was it, it correlated with where their food sources were and so forth and things like that. And the food's and all, they're, they're vegetarians, you said? It's like seagrass? Yeah, mostly seagrass. Uh, and um, there's one called manatee grass that's like... So they're literally like the, sea, they're the cows of the sea cows. They're cows yeah. of the sea. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, they're the same kind of temperament. They're, they're really just mellow. They yeah. eat a lot. They sleep a lot. And then they just, the fart, that's pretty much it, man. <laughs> there's no, they don't really have any real natural predators. I mean, occasionally, maybe a sick one or a really small manatee could be taken by like i've seen like there was a baby manatee that some crocs had taken up onto a golf course and oh shit but i think that one was already dead you yeah. know when they're fighting it. so well, so biz, their biggest their biggest threat is cold red tide and then man and then man is by far kills them the most so so manatees. what how do they defend themselves against like um let's say like a shark or whatever or are they just are they not in the same I mean, they're. I mean, they're going to be in shallower water, so they're not going to. The, the the most dangerous shark that would come in contact with is a bull shark, which is the most dangerous if you want to say getting attacked as far as humans and so forth. You know, but most of the shallow water sharks are like you know lemons, nurse things like that. They're not going to mess with even a human, let alone a giant ten foot manatee that, if it does slap you with its tail, could break 
<laughs> your whole face, you know. I mean, they're really strong, even okay. though they're even though they're slow and kind mm-hmm. of. They're still like massive animals, you know. They're so fucking um, cute. Well, I guess that comes but, down. So but like, I think a mother, like a mother, if there, a, a, a bull shark's really not going. I mean, most of them are bigger than a bull shark, so a bull shark's not going to try and eat it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but if there was a small baby manatee or like a, you know, but a juvenile, then you know there might be some sort of like, like just I guess like a herding mentality or just keeping it away and so, but. When a manatee's born, they're already like they're like sixty five pounds and about three and a half feet. That's like Damn. day one, you know. So how how much are sixty five pounds? About sixty seventy pounds, about three and a half feet, somewhere around that. Okay. So they come out like already, like not that tiny, you know. Yeah. And then they grow, pre- you know, within the first year, they'll get up to like probably like five feet or six feet, you know. So they're they're already going to be a pretty big animal by the end of the year, even when they're right. juvenile, yeah. But um, so. There's, I've never really seen them defend against a shark per se, but I don't think that it's something that a shark. Because usually, if there's a small manatee, it's going to stay with the mother until it gets big, anyways. So they're going. You're going to have this yeah, like twelve protection. foot, thirteen hundred pound beast that a shark's just going to be like, nah. Well, I think if a shark bit a manatee, it, would just, <laughs> it wouldn't like it, yeah. but it would gets run over by boats and it's fine, you know. And just be like, all right, buddy, big deal. I just got hit by a yacht. <laughs> like, so, but. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so so boat strikes are, are as, as, and then getting stuck in culverts and pipes and things that oh, aren't shit. graded properly, and you know, um, that's a big one. So like anything that's built now and it's part of the management protection plan of whatever county is in, they'll say oh, you have to have grading and it has to be this many inches so that an yeah. animal can get. But you know, well, Miami well, like, isn't. What is kind it, of pipes? Like outfalls for stormwater outfalls, or oh, okay, right, uh, yeah, I see. things like so. You know, like we found some man, somebody found them and then we had to rescue them with them. They were in a parking lot of a hospital that was miles inland and it had made its way up the Miami River and then up this tributary called the uh, Wagner Creek, which had to be at the right levels of flooding because it had to get up towards the hospital. Then it went into this culvert like storm drain and then it swam up that about another 300 yards and then took a right turn and then swam another. (laughs) And there was two of them and there was a guy just parked his car and they looked down a storm drain here splashing and there was like two manatees (laughs) in there. So that was on the news, obviously. We're like pulling manatees out of a parking lot. Right. Like <laughs> they're not smart yeah. animals, is no, what I'm trying to they're, say. They're, they're so cute, though. But I'm Google image searching them. I'm also seeing pictures yeah. that are saying, do not chase manatees. Where yeah, no, you, you're not supposed to do if anything. You, if you're to snorkeling, them. you yeah. can't even like. But I mean, what if yeah. you just want to like get up close with the GoPro and get. If you don't want to touch Well, them. you can. If they're swimming near you, it doesn't mean you can't get in the water when they're there. Yeah. You can't actively pursue them oh, okay. or go up and touch them. If they're sleeping, you're not supposed to disturb them. So you could get in the water, and sometimes they'll come right up to you because yeah. they're they're really gentle. You know, they're really and they get used to a lot of humans. Cause a lot of people feed them fresh water out of a hose, and they think it's a good thing. They're like, yeah, but it needs fresh water. Yeah, but they now feed them fresh water. What do you mean? Well, they need fresh water to drink. Okay. So sometimes people will be on a dock and they'll like run their fresh water hose off there, and, and then a manatee like, comes up and starts drinking, oh. and they'll be like, oh, it's a good thing because we're giving them fresh water. Yes, in theory, you're giving that's good, but now you're making them. Number dependent. one, think that there's a water source here that they might have to be able to depend on when they should be going somewhere else, but also making them used to humans. So they might come up to a boat that they're not thinking, like, I got fed off a boat last time, so I'm going to come yeah. to this boat, and then you turn the engine on, and you fucking okay, yeah. smash their face. Like, I've, had a, I've been on a lot of boats where they come up right to the engine because the engine has a little thing of water that trickles out of it to yeah. cool the engine. Oh, it's like, that's bad. That's not good water Yeah, drink, so right? it sounds that's, like a hose, though. They're yeah, like, ah, yeah. someone's got a hose on. And they're like, <laughs> yeah. So... But so we, they there's a picture of me water. with a manatee, by the way, underwater. If you find how, how long can they go between before they have to get back to fresh water to drink? Then if you put in Forshaw comedian, I think it's 
Um, well, you know what I mean? Like, that's, can they be in a combination or would it like brackish, like uh, partly salty water? They're going to need fresh water at some point, but there we go. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, that's from like the taping. Yeah. But that's a real picture of me with a manatee with a microphone, microphone with a microphone and I'm fully dressed. Uh, that that's in, um, that's in three sisters spring, which is just North of Tampa. And that's a protected area where I was in, but you can't kayak in there. You can't get in. You, you can't. You can't be in the water, though. You can't kayak in there and go there. But I was allowed to go in there fully clothed, which looks like I was a crazy person yeah, that I yeah. jumped in. Because there's people there that day watching. And they're like, what that? There was rangers, too. But I had a, a permit from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. Because you had a hookup. Does that Basically, one, does they that, knew I wasn't going to do anything bad. And they, yeah. Does that manatee know you personally? It seems like it came no, over to you. No, it just but... came up right to me and put its head right next Aww. to me. Yeah. This is going to have to be one of these is going to have to be the picture we use. For yeah, the, sure. For the, yeah. For the, for this exactly week's that. episode. Yeah. yeah, that's a great one. There, I like that one for the that that was what I was going to do for um. It, this was for an article for On Earth magazine. Oh, cool. Which is a link on my website. It's it's probably a three or four years old now. They're or maybe older, but it was like they wanted to do an article on someone that was a comic that used to be a biologist. So On Earth magazine, which is the um On Earth is for the National Resource Defense Council's magazine. Oh, cool. And so they, the photographer like really wanted to do something cool. So that's great. We went and did this. We shot, it was freezing too. It was a winter day. So there was a lot of them in the spring. And so basically we had to park the boat outside of the spring and I had to swim fully clothed like a maniac with sneakers on it into the spring. We had shoes out. It wouldn't yeah. let you <laughs> pants and shoes. Well, we wanted to make it look authentic. Oh, yeah, you know? no, and yeah. I had the, I had the, the microphone. He even had a cord on the mic. I'm like, we don't really need a cord, <laughs> but we were already in the springs so with the tuck in my back pocket and. Yeah, it looks yeah. so real that it looks fake. If that makes I sense. I know. Yeah. You know, like well, the other one, the other one is obviously it's colored, not colored, but like th- put through Photoshop to yeah. make the colors look yeah, better. Yeah. But you can see these ones that are raw. Yeah. Like that's awesome. This is great for people and we'll, that can't see it. No, but, but I guess I, you put it out. If yeah. you go to probablyshots.com, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll make that. As, also, yeah. you, one of these pictures is going to be the picture that we're going to use as the picture for this episode. So it's going to come yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. So any of the but. So that's awesome. So that day, that's part of the thing though. Was I had a permit to do that. But I couldn't like go up and pat him and touch him, so I had to like go Wait underwater and hold my breath. Yeah, as Wait long as I could. And then he'd be there, and he just like and then I'd be like, I can't hold my breath anymore. I have to go up, and then I go up, but then I don't want to hit him either. I couldn't really see. You can see sort of. Yeah, fresh water, but you know. So I'd be like, all right, I don't want to smash a manatee on the way up. Right, you know. So so you're trying to keep your eyes open as well underwater. I had him open the whole time. Yeah, I had to like look around to see like what's going on. Wow. Yeah. So it's fresh water. It's not that bad. But oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, still, it's still really unnatural. To, yeah, yeah, not I, good. But I mean, I spent you know, I spent a lot of time in the water, so it's uh, it's uh, used to it. You that's know? awesome. Yeah, I did. I, I was half asking because uh, I went to Bali this spring, and there was a sea turtle. We were kind of uh, chasing it. I hope we weren't scaring it too much, but it was really cool. We all wanted pictures oh, yeah. next to it, so we wanted to get <clears> some turtle selfies and stuff. It looks happy. <laughs> I think it's a little. It's like leave me alone. In your expert, that turtle could swim so much faster than you. If though. it wanted to, it could just yeah. take off. Oh, okay. So, I, okay. That turtle, you're not as fast as that turtle. That's even, even with, with fins. fins. On. Yeah, I, I feel much better now because I was like, is he terrified and he wants? To if it really wanted to, it would just do a couple things and it would be gone. Like you're not fair enough. That was our turtle buddy then. In my opinion, I don't know. I've never. I was trying to figure out what turtle that was. It looks like maybe it was like hawksbill or something. I don't know. But. <laughs> All I know, yeah, like sea turtles. Yeah. <laughs> and so, then there used to be like seals and sea lions that would come up on the beach in Oregon. They post signs saying you can't get within like 200 yards of those. Yeah, because they're resting. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. But then sometimes they would start to like, one time one was like walking towards me. I'm like, I'm going to stay here because it wants to if come If you stay over. still like, and they come, yeah. But you could get bit by one of those too. Oh, like yeah, a sea lion or a seal. They're like... 
They're not like they. You think Super of them like, oh, I want to hug one, but the sea lion bites you. You're pretty much and bites you. You're pretty much done. So. Really? You think it's that? They bad? got massive teeth. Yeah. Well, this one seemed pretty cute. Like, how but, done are we talking? Like, done, done? I mean, I don't. Is it a male or a female? First of all, uh, the males are you? massive. So it was probably a female. I don't think it was. Yeah, but I mean, they. You know, they're uh, some of their, their teeth are probably like an inch or. Some of their, their fangs. But they wouldn't like, be biting you with the intention of eating you. They'd be biting you just to like... Get away from yeah, me, yeah. But yeah, you're yeah. on your my beach. I'm trying to relax. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I've been swimming for three days. So uh, can I relax? I don't so, know. What's the what's the mnemonic to tell kids? Uh, leaves of three, let it be... Like, what's the... Yeah, that's for poison <laughs> ivy, yeah. longer than three. Yeah. How about just leave animals leave alone? Leave animals alone by They're, default unless they come If you to mess you, with animals, you're going to get bit. It's a, like nurse sharks... I think it's still... I haven't looked it up, but I, when I used to look up stats like that. Nurse sharks, do you know what nurse sharks are? Yeah, yeah. They're the they're the sharks that bite people the most, mm-hmm. but because people because they're the most docile of the sharks, and they basically have two big teeth, kind of like fangs that hang over, and they don't really they have like they kind of suck their prey up, you know, like yeah. like they'll suck a crab or something, and then there's, but people think like hey it's a nurse so shark, and they shark. yank on its tail, and then all of a sudden you're coming up with like a three foot nurse shark attached to your arm and you're oh, yeah. like I've seen those yeah. videos where like a someone lot. has it, it happens a lot yeah. and they can't get it off their yeah, yeah. bicep because it'll suck it's... on it'll be like a <laughs> suction cup with two fangs yeah. two big fangs into your two big teeth in your so it hurts and it could get infected I mean you're not going to ever die from a nurse shark I would have to bite you a million yeah. times but but it, they, the, the look number up YouTube shark. videos of, of nurse of nurse shark yeah, bites because there's some like, funny ass so animals in the end it's like it's always like I was thinking about this the other day I was like we're as in um Muir Woods. I was up in San Francisco mm-hmm. for the weekend, and I went to Muir Woods. And have you ever been there? Oh uh, yeah, 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 it's great. It's beautiful, but there's always people that are just so loud. Like it was the weekend that the, that the Patriots were playing the 49ers, so yeah. there's all these people from New England, and they're just like walking through, and they're like, "So one fucking stub hub and the goddamn <laughs> tickets." So fuck, I tell them Mary, and then they'd see someone from across the way because it's like a loop. They're like, "Yo." Yeah, and it's it's called the church or the cathedral <laughs> at this area where all these trees are. Where you're supposed, and I was just like, what the fuck? And then finally, we went on this different route, and we saw like uh, we saw some birds, some woodpeckers, and so I was with a friend. Mm-hmm. I go, oh, yeah, cool, there's a woodpecker. And he goes, yeah, we we don't see that down there with all those people yelling. I go, yeah, no, I, all animals. We must be the most hated animal. Like all, and like I know they I'm anthropomorphizing, but I imagine in the world of like you know watership down or or. Uh, or anything like yeah, yeah. you know where like the where the the animals are all talking they they just be like what a bunch of fucking assholes <laughs> like there's all no, their stories are just like the worst Wait, I don't want to top you yeah because I mean think I okay if you go to the, the Japanese tourists in Yellowstone they put their babies in the backs of uh, buffalo to get pictures yeah. and shit like yeah what. Uh, if you go to the Everglades, I'll bring it back to Miami. Where I'm from, if you go to the Everglades in the winter, that's when you see the most wildlife because it dries up. It's the it's the dry season, and you have these alligator holes. You know where the alligators basically carve out like with their tails a bill area, and all the water fills up. And in the alligator hole, there'll be tons of fish and birds and otters and all tons of them. You'll see birds standing two feet away from an alligator, which clearly they could eat him and sometimes will. Yeah. But there's plenty of time where all these animals that know that they could kill each other normally. Are just kind of hanging out together, yeah. Kind of like after you know, like, like just like yeah, you know, I'm gonna eat you at some point, but for now we can hang out now. We're cool. <laughs> like uneasy that truce. never happens with us. You yeah. can never be standing right next to a bird, a wild bird. Like they never even let you close. And it, sometimes you'll it's see like, like an eagle Chris- literally standing next to an alligator, where it's like 
Well, they're not yelling about StubHub, so like, I can kind of hang out. It's like, uh, we're just the worst. We're literally... I guess it's like the Christmas was a, Day armistice on a New Year. After the election or something. Yeah. It's like going to the bar with Scott Bayo and not punching If you him. take a survey, we're the worst. I mean, but we're not going to get it, obviously. You can't... You can't run a survey through Humanity a... surveys are hard to do. Through an otter population, yeah. but yeah. Hey, but I know, guarantee you otters hate us. Guaranteed. <laughs> Fact. I just <laughs> I just found this story that is... We're in the same world. We're in the same terrain. I just put it at the top of the document. Mexico's bid to save the world's smallest vaquita porpoise. Or porpoise. 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 Mexican authorities and scientists are trying to save the world's smallest porpoise by capturing illegal ghost fishing nets. They've managed to remove more than 100 dumped or lost nets left floating in the sea from October to December. Local fishermen and conservationists helped to, tra- help to trawl um, 11,814 kilometers, that's over 7,000 miles, in the Gulf of California, which is the only area where they live. Its population is estimated to be down to about 60 individuals. That's what? fucking t- nothing. Yeah, so let's... That's extreme. I mean, I'm not saying... Nah. Look, there's not much of a not much hope for sixty, probably, right? I'm gonna tell you that I used to do a joke before I say this because just so you don't But uh, Florida Panther, uh, at one time there was like seventy. I think maybe there's a hundred now or something. But but I used to say that like at some point it's like you got to stop saving them because it's like now there's just inbreeding going on. Oh, that's and then, a good point. Because a lot of these panthers are ended up being born with like extra testicles and like their fur was going in the wrong direction and stuff like that and. So it's like, okay, we're saving them, technically. Yeah, I <laughs> never just, thought about that. Once the population gets small enough, how can it ever yeah, come back? Yeah, it's just cousin fucking at that point. Yeah, oh. so. So once you reach a point, even if they are like possibly savable, they're really not. I'm not saying don't save. I would never say that because I think that we should try to do whatever we can do to, because, yeah. you know, but, you know, and obviously the counter argument that would always be like, well, things throughout the history of the earth things have gone yeah, and right, extinct right, right. and it's like yeah not at the rate we're going right, right now right, and but, not when the peop- when the predator responsible for it is yeah. aware of what they're doing and has no need to be doing it yeah yeah mm. yeah ghost nets yeah, well, yeah like the worst kind of fishing nets there could be which I, I'm I, I'm assuming ghost nets are just like the really thin like polypropylene like the they're basically invisible to, uh, they're the really thin they're just the deadly nets that catch everything they don't, don't yeah, exactly. it says um, it says in this article the main uh, well the main threat to the po- to the porpoise are the nets used to illegally catch fish known as the totoaba, which is hunted for its swim ladder, fetching thousands of dollars on the black market in China. Of course, Jesus, it's always what it's, it's something yeah. weird that gives you a boner, right? I it's know. Some... Asians and their boners. <clears throat> the come on, the population of the vaquita marine. Marina porpoise has dropped despite government measures to prevent illegal fishing with the deployment of Navy ships in April 2015. It went from 200 in 2012 to fewer than 100 in 2014 and now stands around 60, uh, according to the International Committee for the Recovery of the Vikita. 60 is not good. That's not good. Drones equipped with with high-resolution cameras have been used since July to try to spot any illegal movements. Uh, that describes the panda of the sea. Aww. So the bladder of this fish is what Asians are... Yeah. Uh, how they've, do got, they, they've got dark what, rings around their eyes like pandas sort of... Why do they even... Uh, oh, yeah. How do they even know the bladder? I, what it, kind of research are they how, doing? How, how have all of these things, like Just powdered me. rhino horn, how have those things all survived the uh, invention of Viagra? No, we have an actual thing that does it. Like, yeah. why do you need the magic stuff? Same reason people still do ear candling when you can buy an ear syringe. <laughs> yeah. 
thing <laughs> from CBS for yeah, yeah. sec yeah. handling, which does nothing. Yeah, because that's it's a Western thing too, Viagra. You know, so it's not like right, I guess. just putting a, chemicals yeah. in you, far, big pharma. Yeah. <laughs> rather than rather murdering than panda bladders, yeah, the shark, murdering the shark thousands of fish and taking shark out dolphins at the same time. Still a huge thing. Shark yeah. fin soup. Yeah. That's just tasty. Oh, wait, no, that's, that's just that's meant just, to be, right, and it's not, not even a, tasty. Apparently, I, oh, I thought that was some sort of a no shark some fin other soup kind of fin, is like a delicacy. I think is a oh. is a, like a virility thing though. There's some other endangered. And that shit they just cut the fin off and let the shark die too. That's so fucked up. Like you feel like you could at least. I mean, isn't can you, not to say you should be killing sharks at all, but like, isn't there good edible meat in the shark itself sure. too? Like, wh- I've eaten shark before. I've eaten um, uh, the what have I eaten? Lemon shark is really good. I've had before. Yeah, and yeah. You, you fillet it. I mean, you you steak it rather than fillet it generally. And okay. I don't know if all shark is good. Yeah, maybe but you know, um, they. Uh, I I think you could you could do something with it. Yeah, certainly you don't have. They to used to use their skin for sandpaper. Really? <laughs> yeah. Is that true? Oh. Yeah, because they're, they're, oh, yeah, the denticles. Oh yeah, because the skin's incredibly rough in one direction, isn't it? It's it's, it's like there's there, yeah there's denticles. It's like basically teeth and their skin. If you if you went the wrong way with some, from fresh shark skin on your arm, uh-huh. you'd bleed. Crazy. Yeah, they're yeah, deadly in every that. way possible. <laughs> so. Like I know, so, uh, but there's this comic uh, in the UK. This guy he just goes by the name Eric. <laughs> And uh, just one name, Eric. Yeah. That's the weirdest one name. I like he's this guy who was like sort of never really like hit it in the UK. He was always like we started around the same time and he was yeah. always like very, yeah, very nice and did his shows. And then he just hit on this one man show that he started to do about he was a submariner. Like mm-hmm. he was in the Navy in his youth and did this show like Eric's Tales of the Sea or something or Tales of the whatever it was and I saw it it was great and it was like this great one man show that he took to Edinburgh one year and then just took the same show up again the next year Uh, but there was one story in it where they were just they'd surfaced and they got to go for a swim and he jumps off and just as he's about to jump off the ladder he just sees a shark directly below him Mm. when he's already it's already past the point of no return so he basically lands on the back of this shark uh, and lands in the water and his feet are bleeding. Like, he's got, like... Cause wow, you land on a shark and you just skid along. Yeah. Right. yeah. Just, so now he's just, like, this bleeding thing in a water with sharks. Of the, I would think if you land and, and it's moving, it's moving in the direction that would be the smooth direction. But it's though, not... Right? Isn't one yeah, direction smooth? I mean... Yeah, it, it, Why am I criticizing Eric, Eric, the one named Eric's story? Yeah. Yes, it, it seems legit. I met a guy, by the way. Uh, we were doing shows. I was with Jim Jeffries in New Orleans. And afterwards... There was, we went to this bar and there was a bunch of fans of his there and there was a guy there he followed me on Twitter we actually hung out that night and it's either Tim or Tom but that's his handle at Tim or at Tom that early I'm like how long have you been on Twitter he's like I was like the first person I was like wow it's like I think it's Tim it's like I just, um, but still but either either one it's like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. That's, good job someone's got every one of those <laughs> yeah and it's, and I it's met never him. the person you think <laughs> yeah. it's, it's never like just the most kid. famous of I mean he's young obviously you know because yeah. at the time he was probably 16 you know and did it and see how many followers Tim has is it Tim Bradshaw no no it's Tom then still Tim at Tim has 100,000 followers Good and he's a tech you, reporter that makes sense no he doesn't have enough he doesn't have as many as you'd think that's him that's him 7,000 is not bad but just pretty good yeah Tom. <laughs> yeah yeah he didn't get back to me he, he emailed he's like what did you do the next day I said I killed a trombone player and he didn't get back to me so <laughs> Anyways, that's him. Yeah, there you go. Nice. <laughs> we just got him some more followers. <laughs> yeah, go follow at Tim and at Tom. <laughs> at Tim, at Tom. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the swim bladder is of this t- Tortuaba, which is also endangered now, despite having once been incredibly oh, prevalent. Uh, 
is the swim bladder is considered a delicacy in Chinese cuisine. The meat is also sought after for making soup. Oh, so it's not it's like gotta a be sex thing. Uh, come on, there's got to be boners involved. Holy shit! What? Uh, yeah, it is. Um, do you want to take a get? This is from the Wikipedia page for the Totowaba. Um, the price. So in 2013, um, because it's believed by many Chinese uh, people to be a treatment for fertility and oh. circulatory and skin problems, would you like to guess how much 200 bladders of the Totowaba might be sold for? I don't know why they've done it in batches of 200, but they have. So 200. Yeah, how many grams is that? Because that's how you have to do drugs always. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's. Yeah. Well, it's a swim bladder, so it's incredibly fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> 200? 200 of them. Do you want to guess at how I much? I would say $5,000. Oh, no, no, no. I'm going to go. I'm going to go seven figures on this. Am oh, I really? too high? Uh, you are. Andy is in the right. Really? Andy's in the right order of magnitude. Yeah. Wow. Two million for 200. Uh, up a tiny bit. Up three million for three point six for two hundred swim bladders. Yeah, holy cow! So yeah, I mean, I'm with the Mexicans. Kill these porpoises, <laughs> right? There's only sixty left. Come on, <laughs> so that's like. 20, but they're just like those porpoises are just collateral damage. There's no damage. way you're gonna save sixty of these porpoises if that's how much these swim bladders cost. You're talking about a, a poor country that. Can, I mean, wow. There's that's, no way. Yeah, because. Because down the line, obviously, there's some. There's one guy in Mexico that's extremely wealthy off this. But these other guys down below that are throwing out the ghost nets and pulling in the bladders, they're still making probably more money than they could ever dream of. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. Right. They, yeah, it's, they, it's, these porpoises are dead. Me. Sorry, porpoises. Uh, Poor sorry, um, porpoises. By, by the way, wouldn't animals usually have, like, even if they're in small populations, don't, don't their own, like, innate drives keep them from inbreeding usually? Like, isn't that a. F- a thing that most animals have maybe up to a certain point but when there's only 40 left yeah you... and you know what I'm, I'm basing this on 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 florida panthers yeah you know these are much smarter animals the so maybe they just will be like, i'm assuming they are because most marine mammals are yeah except for manatees they're very dumb oh poor manatees they're so smooth brains no, you know that's one no, of the no rigid yeah yeah uh, like literally none <laughs> <laughs> like a manatee brain it's just like a, yeah whereas a dolphin Body, you know, they do the what is it? The three different. It's like uh, it's like uh, brain weight to body weight. I think is one of the the terms like that ratio, kind of, and then it's the amount of the number of neural connections. Yeah, number of folds. What do they call the? See, I don't remember a lot of terms now. The, um, the brain folds. What are those? I mean, I think you know what I'm talking about. You've seen a brain. The yeah, folds. The, I mean, uh, the cerebral cortex, which basically re- relates the, to surface area, obviously. Yeah. So. Theirs is higher than humans, dolphins. Yeah. But bottlenose dolphins at least are. And then, so I don't know where these porpoise rank, but they're probably, so maybe they're a little smarter than these, uh, yeah. than the panthers. Maybe they don't, uh, they don't have cousin sex. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, um, no, hopefully they do, because then they're, well, I don't know what to hope uh, for now. Yeah. Is God the dolphin damn. known now to be the smartest non human animal, or is that, or like, or, where, or is it chimps, or where do we know? Is this, I don't know. You're probably if not that's, the ones. You know, I don't know, to be honest with you, but dolphins are up there. I, I, they use there's I've seen them use like I've, at the place where I worked I've seen them take dead fish and then or and then break them open and stick them into like a fence and use them as bait to get live fish which is you know some tools Using yeah that. so that's, that's fishing yeah, yeah yeah basically yeah so and they're they're extremely intelligent I mean you know but they also have another sense that chimps don't have is echolocation is like having another is like having a oh, sixth yeah. sense you know they can um there's a lot of cool stories from the place where I worked with the, 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 the there's like, okay. Like if there's been women that have found out they were pregnant that didn't know they were pregnant there 
because they know you're pregnant, you know, even if it's like, even if it's like <laughs> a couple weeks, they're like, yeah, you're pregnant because so you have to like pee on the dolphin. No, they just echolocate. They, they just know what humans look like. You know, this is a place where people swim with them all yeah. year long. So they know what a human normally looks like. Right. So I, when I was a kid, this is a fam- this friends of our family own this place. So I've been going there since I was a kid and then I ended up working there briefly. So I have this plate in my arm. And some of the dolphins I knew as a kid, and then I jumped in after I got the plate, and they would just come up to my arm and like just their rostrum right there, like running it. Well, they're like, that's different. different. That's something's something sounds something happens to you. No, they can see it. Oh, I mean, they can okay, visually okay. see it, but for the echolocation, you know that, and the, yeah. they'll make an image of it in their brain. And so, like, there's been women that have gone in there, and 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 when a dolphin is pregnant, when a dolphin becomes pregnant, basically in the pod that they live in, they one of them will be the like a um like a what do you call midwife okay and once the dolphin's pregnant this other health this other non-pregnant healthy dolphin will be by that dolphin's side protect it keep harm from it help with the birth all that stuff yeah but it's kind of an it's kind of an honor to do it so like they'll fight over who gets to do that so there's been times when women have gone swimming human women that didn't know they were pregnant and all of a sudden they'll be trapped in a corner and two (laughs) dolphins will be like like, like, (laughs) arguing out of the water and they'll be like what's going on like and it seems like they're in danger. They're not in danger at all, yeah. because, but they're kind of like, their mouths are open, and they're like, ah. and like oh, you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, don't, you don't yell that. Be like, yeah, come on in here. That's just the good old fashioned husband. Uh, <laughs> are you cheating on him? Like, you know, so. How uh, and like, no. stable are you financially right now? Yeah, yeah. And there's also like, interest, like, there was a guy one time, um, and the whole time the dolphin, because there was a free swim, there's like, there was like structured ones where you, they do tricks for you and there's another one where you just swim around and it's a free swim and the, the dolphin came up coming, all the dolphins kept coming up and just nudging him on his shoulder and it, and it was like, man, it's really, like really gently, you know? Yeah. And then uh, they, after, when he got out, the guy that was like my boss said, you know, do you, do you have like a plate in there? Do you have, you had an injury or anything? He goes, no. He goes, he goes, all I can tell you is you should probably go get it checked out. There's like saying, and he called back and he had a tumor there. No, not, way. not much, like a, just a benign tumor. That was easy. But the dolphins could see it like that. Yeah. That's what these are. I'm telling you, this is I know, like, how, yeah. I know that's one of the things I want to believe, but also here's, like, it seems impossible. Here's to a, like I said, there was a lot, there was part of the program there was working with kids that had autism or cerebral palsy or some of them had like atrophied part of their bodies that they couldn't use. And when the when they would put those kids in the water, the dolphins would be able to sense almost like if like say let's say there was a kid that had part of his body was paralyzed, his, his muscles are atrophied. They sense that immediately, and they would start trying to move that side of the kid's body. Holy so, shit! And here's a, here's the other thing too that's great about so what I would have to do is I'd have to sit in there and say, so people were going to go in the water with dolphins. I would give them an hour lecture and yeah. basically say, here's a little bit about the biology physiology and behavior of dolphins. Here's what's going to happen when you're going to go in the water and here's how to get more interactions. You're not allowed to put your hands out and blah, blah, blah. And there'd always, whenever there was an asshole, like a complete and utter fucking asshole and the thing that was just like you could tell was a bad person, they would stay the fuck away from that person the whole time just because their energy. <laughs> like I'm not like a big energy, but it's like, I, <laughs> that made me believe in energy where I'm like, yeah, you're yeah. not good. Like well, you, you know those people when you meet them and you're just like, oh, you're just a downer. Or yeah, it depends like a, what you mean by energy. If you mean like, oh, this guy has an aura around him, then bullshit. But if you mean yeah. like, it no. also carries over to the way you move your body. No, you like, can you can tell with hu- you're, you're humans tense, can tell when someone like, walks yeah, into yeah. a building. And you're like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Do you yeah, just yeah, see yeah. from the exactly. way he carries himself? Exactly. hundred percent of the time, what happened? Yeah. Never. Because I'd always once I, when I was working there, I'd be like, oh, I can't wait to you. <laughs> yeah. How much money do you spend? Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
but also and there was also a hierarchy too so it was like little children they liked the best you know and at least and women and then men would be, you know it was like the yeah. the order of increased uh uh or, or just just like yeah, yeah to potential you know harm yeah. <laughs> but there was plenty of women and there was even some kids that were just like too like ah, and I'm like you gotta calm down yeah. they're not gonna come near you yeah <laughs> just like <laughs> Yeah. This so. is my new okay, we used to make it I used to say that the thing I wanted to do most if we could get like some kind of excuse to do it for the podcast would be to go in the vomit comet, you know, that like weightless uh, Oh yeah, sure. That's still But now now I kinda wanna swim with some dolphins. I've never swam with dolphins. I think That's swimming with dolphins is much more I know, doable though. I know, like, but I'm saying I should go do it. Like, yeah, I mean if we if you make your way down to Florida sometime, like in the Florida Keys, like that we could Yeah we could, we, we could figure it out, arrange what it. Well I have to I mean it's a thing where unless you are there any places that somebody who isn't going through a program that's like taking care of special needs people could do it? Or is it not a thing that people are supposed to? No, this is a place where anybody was could both. go. It was oh, both. Okay. It's both. It still exists. It's called Dolphins Plus. There's about, I think there's three of them in the Keys. But this is run by a family, friends of our family like mm-hmm. that we've known for a while. Like really close friends of our family. And so... um you know, they have both. They have they have a structured program, which is like you get in, they'll push you by your feet, you get to hold on to the to the dorsal in the movie, and you get to like wave Sweet. to them, and, and that's nice. But if you if you have any sort, if you can snorkel, yeah, just yeah. put on a mask and fin. They have a free swim where it's like they are not and they are not obliged to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's not going to be any fish or. You just swim around, and most of the time they're going to interact with you because they're just curious. curious. They want to, yeah. yeah. Oh. You keep your arms by your side. You don't put your hands out because they don't have hand. You know, yeah. you're reaching out for their eyes, which they can't protect. And you yeah. so you just keep your hands. You just and you're a good swimmer. Like I'd always tell people, like just go down to the bottom and pretend like you found something. And they'll, like, and around, and they'll be like, what, what the hell? What's he found? <laughs> What's this guy? Doing? I live here. Like, you know, and there's all the, there's some like tricks where you, you can get like a, a kickboard and push it across and push a wave and look them, but. That's a much more fulfilling experience, I think, because then it's like you didn't trick them. They're yeah. just like they either like yeah. and there'll be some dolphins that are like eh, and then there'll be a couple that there's a couple dolphins. I haven't been I haven't been there in years, but there's a couple dolphins that I know like me that if I go in the water, even years <laughs> yeah. later, they'll come up and be like, hey, what's up? Like they just awesome. know, you know, oh, my God, so, I want to do this so badly. I so, do this it's, so badly. it's a great experience, you know, and nice. uh, so. So there you go, Dolphins. Dolphins if you're Plus, gonna, listeners, if you're going to go to the out. Keys, go to Dolphins Plus or which, Dolphin Cove. Key? It's the same people. It's on Key Largo. It's the first key. Dolphin Cove is also the same. It's the same family. Uh-huh. Uh, they Dolphin Cove is on the Bayside, and Dolphins Plus is on the. And they do a lot of. Besides that, they do a lot of work with, like I said, with like you know therapy for children and so forth. But they also do a lot of excellent work with uh, Stranding Network. So if like there's pilot whales or even other uh, certain types of dolphins, sea lions, things like Uh that, they'll take them in and rehabilitate them and get them out and stuff. So So it's a good place. I'm going to check out next time in Key Largo. I'm definitely going there. Should we keep this a marine biology heavy episode, Matt? Well, I'm up for that. I I do. We do definitely need to do the dinosaur tail story at some point because that was sent in by dinosaur tails. Who sent it in? Justin Brule sent it in. Various other people. We sent like three people sent in that story. Thomas, James Huffman, and Allison Dennis all sent that in. This is this has been two weeks now, so this is old news to science. It is old news, but it's a. This is one of the bigger. Oh, I know the story. You again? I don't know the story. Well, they found uh, the first dinosaur tail uh, to be found that was preserved in amber. And uh, it's from 99 million years ago, and it's covered in feathers. It's pretty awesome. So, yeah, the tail of a 99 million-year-old dinosaur, including bones, soft tissue, and even feathers, has been preserved in amber, according to a recent published, a report published in the journal Current Biology. And here's a picture of it, if you want to see some of the feathers there. Uh, While well, individual dinosaur era feathers... Where was it found, sorry? In... Um, 
Oh, they, uh, we haven't gotten to the actual look in okay. amber, but like the... Uh, That's pretty uh, awesome. It was found in... Are you looking at a CNN story or a different one? The National Geographic. Do you see an actual location? I'll check CNN at the same... It was... Uh, so it was found at... It was found... <laughs> here we go, more Chinese dealing. Uh-huh. Uh, it was found at an amber market oh, in northern Myanmar oh, okay. near the Chinese border. Um it was destined to end up as a curiosity or piece of jewelry with Burmese traders believing a plant fragment was trapped inside. Uh, but oh, and somebody saw Zing, it. Yeah, Zing Lida, who's a Chinese paleontologist, found the specimen. So they noticed... Yeah, Zing... Uh, it looks Ching, fake. It looks maybe. like somebody trapped, like, made a, a, um, like a thing with polyurethane and fe- a feather duster or something. And it's so amazing. how did they confirm that it was what it is? Yeah, they so the, the paleontologist... Yeah, it says, uh, I was not sure that the trader really understood how important this specimen was, but he did not raise the price. Uh, yeah, I was. T- I, I realized the content $5? was. $5? Yeah. <laughs> realized the content was a vertebrate, uh, possi- probably theropod rather than any plant. Um, uh, Ryan McKellar, a paleontologist at the Royal Saskatchewan Museum in Canada and co author of the paper, said he was blown away. When first showing the piece of amber, it's a once-in-a-lifetime find. The details, the finest details, are visible and in three dimensions. Mm. Yeah, it's full-on flowers. Oh, sorry, uh, full-on um, feathers that look like a plant. And it um, had already been shaped into an oval by a jewelry maker. So uh, there was pieces missing somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It belongs to a young. Uh, it's probably a whole beak. Yeah, what if it was just amazing? Eyeball and stuff, like just the entire preserved bird. It's from a young uh, Coleurosaurian from the same group of dinosaurs as the Velociraptors and the Tyrannosaurus. Which story are you looking at, by the way? The CNN one. The Ah. sparrow-sized creature could have danced in the palm of your hand. It's a very poetic way of putting it there, CNN. Yeah. Fitted would have also worked, but I don't think they went dance. As we've said before, everyone hates humans. (laughs) It's a new sitcom I'm pitching. Everyone hates humans. <laughs> uh, the amber, which weighs 6.5 grams, contains bone fragments and feathers adding to mounting fossil evidence that many dinosaurs spot- sported primitive plumage rather than scales. Uh, That's the sight. Yeah, McKellar says the creature would have had a whip-like tail like a mouse but covered with contour feathers similar to those that give shape and color to birds. It would have had glitter on it as it danced in your hands, just like a Mardi Gras bead. It would be wearing whatever hat you forced on it. Uh, the more we see these feathered dinosaurs and how widespread the feathers are, things like a scaly velociraptor seem less and less likely and they become a lot more bird-like in the overall view. They're not quite the Godzilla-style scaly monsters we first thought. Uh, the amber-preserved pigmentation from the feathers uh, allowed the scientists to assess with some certainty how it looked. That's also been a big thing, is speculating about color for dinosaurs for a long time, right? Yeah, seen under a microscope, the feathers suggest the creature was chestnut brown and white. Uh, yeah, but this is scientists. <laughs> you got to get like an interior. I don't know what they're talking judge. about. It's more of a tope yeah, yeah. thing. <laughs> but these people, but these damn birds believe in climate change too. Right? All right. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it does say no genetic materials preserved and then does say that a Jurassic like Park style story. reconstruction is not going to happen. Uh, I just can't wait to take out find... the DNA. We put it. If they can just find some cowboy DNA in Amber, we can have a real Westworld and that's all I want. Are you in the Westworld? 
I just finished the season. It's stupid, but I watched the whole thing. I liked it. I didn't like I mean, it. I, I like the, the last three episodes of I thought were, made it all okay. worth it. Can yeah. we do a quick sidebar about Westworld without, without any uh, spoilers? Sorry, yeah. Matt, have you, have you watched it? I have it? seen all of it, yes. I mean, the world they create, are you telling me that, that obviously this thing gets developed incrementally and the AI technology improves incrementally, and you didn't just put in along the way the easy ability to see the actions of all the robots at all times at HQ, you know, like why wouldn't that be an obvious thing? I felt like they did. And that's the, like, that was... see through their eyes, all that they're experiencing constantly. And why couldn't you reset their fucking memory to the place that it was that morning every day? There'd, there'd be no need to have this idea of memory. It's, it's the dumbest. Uh... And the, oh, the plot, the plot relies so much on that shit that it bothers me. Uh, I get what you're saying. Like, there's just no reason you would ever have them. I don't know. Yeah. If it didn't, if you didn't need to have that be the case to have everything else happen, then I'd be more invested. But I'm like, I don't fucking care. The stakes are low. These are robots. If they made them well, they would just reset them every day and actually reset them. There wouldn't be this like residual memory bullshit or whatever. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, can't, I can't go into this without going too spoilery. So okay. well, let's talk about this off the Yeah, end. yeah, yeah. Okay. But you're saying you didn't, it did, none, of the, none of the plot points bothered you? Were, I get like, what you're saying, but I still enjoyed it. There were some dumb things in there. I still watched it all, but it was just like, I didn't really care at a certain I was point. impressed by the actors that were hosts when they had to act like robots yeah. the way they did. I, I was like, I was like, yeah, good job. Like, I always look at that when I, when I think if I can act, and I'm like, nah, yeah. couldn't do that. Couldn't yeah. do any of the things that those people did. <laughs> That's true. There is yeah. very good acting. But then I also think it's funny that they, obviously they want to have their Game of Thrones style show that has nudity, so they do like this gratuitous robot, yeah, yeah. seated, non-sexual nudity. Yeah. But I'm like, what? Why wouldn't they have just like let them have clothes on for those meetings? Like they don't have to. Be yeah, and they did throw that one line. Anthony uh, Hopkins. I forget what his character's name now, but I just say. But he goes, "Well, why you can't have them feel uncomfortable if they're not clothed? Or they're, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. We get it. And also, they're I want to see. I want to see Tandy Newton's writer because I know there must be very because there were very specific situations in which in which she would allow to be naked. You know, yeah. Like it was only in a wide shot, or in, it was like I'm sure it's written down somewhere as Who's all those contracts. Tandy Newton. The, which the, one was she? The the prostitute. The um, what's Maeve? Is that her name? Oh yeah, the main. But yeah, I mean, yeah, like, yeah. like she would be naked, but like never in a clothes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's got to be something that lawyers like hammered out. Like what the. Yeah. Uh, and where's the, the ugly robots? Am I right? Right. Come on. Well, there come were, on. In those the wi- in those wide shots of like the there was ugly men standing up like there turned off robots. But there wasn't really ugly women. Yeah. In yeah. those mass in those massive rooms. And there seemed to be no uh, gay maybe. guests. Yeah, there were. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There was definitely gay guests. Yeah, yeah. There was, yeah, there yeah, guests. Guests. Yeah, yeah. Um, was even women. There was women and men. They showed both. There yeah. was an orgy scene with dudes on dudes, I think. And there was a scene where she goes up to the woman and she's like, she well, there, says her line and brings her upstairs. There would, no, there were definitely, yeah. there were lesbian action. There were no... Well, I, what I else do you want? Sure. Was there? There's what do you want, gay any- guys? Come on. <laughs> also, yeah, I love that about Westworld. It's like nobody would leave the brothels. Like There would be no need for the rest of the Westworld. Well, I think after yeah. the first... You know, on your second visit. Killing people would be fun. I don't know. But that's the other thing. All of the women were like, oh, I guess everyone's... Everyone's into that shape of woman then. That's yeah. that's everyone's taste. Yeah, true. No one likes bigger women. Yeah. No one like- but there weren't any uh, there weren't any fat gigolo men, were there? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Some of the guys in the army there. We're analyzing like, the least interesting parts of this show, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, hey, Get back uh, to the bird. <laughs> two things. Um uh Firstly, I forgot to tell you because uh, we got distracted, but apparently the reason that the very endangered uh, Vaquita is called the panda 
the dark ring around its eyes. The Pandora of the Sea is a dark ring around its eyes. Did I say that? I don't know. If I, I think did. I said. I, oh, I, I saw a picture of it. Yeah, but I guess people listening didn't. But you're going to put not that just up there its too. extreme yeah. endangeredness. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, and yeah, do you want to do the other marine story? Yeah, why not? That's kind of a cool discovery. Uh, this was sent in by. Let me bring it up real quick. Uh, Bees in the Ocean. James Huffman sent this in, and he said, uh, "This is crazy. It shifted my views on life in the ocean." So scientists just discovered that there are, quote, bees in the ocean. And by that, they mean uh, evidence that underwater ecosystems have pollinators that perform the same tasks that bees do on land. Mm -hmm. So just like their terrestrial cousins, grasses under the sea shed pollen to sexually reproduce. And until now, biologists assumed that marine plants relied on water alone to spread their genes far and wide. But the discovery of pollen carrying bees of the sea has changed all that. Uh, Over several years, from 2009 to 2012, researchers from the National Autonomous University of Mexico filmed the spring nocturnal wanderings of crustaceans along beds of turtle seagrass. And looking through the videos, they spotted more invertebrates visiting male pollen-bearing flowers than those that lacked pollen, just like bees hovering around pollen-producing plants on land. They said, we saw all these animals coming in, and then we saw some of them carrying pollen, lead researcher Brigada Van Tussenbroek told New Scientist. The crustaceans are carrying the pollen? Yeah, yeah. On purpose, or is it? Well, I mean, bees don't do it on purpose. Yeah, yeah, that's true, yeah. So the crustaceans would be... Crawling across the grass, and they get the eh. turtle grass, they're saying. The Lassian. Oh, man. The Lassian testudinum, right? Yes. Boom. Wait, seriously? (laughs) Yeah, so I used to study seagrass, too. That's the other part of my job. You fucking nailed it. That's exciting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) I didn't even bother saying it. And manti grass is with syringodium. But yeah, the turtle grass, is. it's it's like the fettuccine. That's how you would tell people when you're first, fettuccine, spaghetti. And then there was the other one, shoal grass, you just say, but... Okay. Yeah. Nice. So yeah, they invented a new term to describe this because the concept was so new. Uh, Zuo Benthal pollination. Before that, researchers had never predicted that animals were involved in pollinating marine plants. Zuo Benthophilus. Zuo Benthophilus. Yeah. Zuo. I'd say Zuo. Zuo Benthophilus. Bentho. You know Bentho, right? Bentho. What does that refer to? Like benthic. The benthic community in ocean is the seagrass, the stuff that lives on the bottom of it. So. That's why I said that earlier in the podcast, like benthic monitoring. Now it's coming back. Oh, shit. I was just throwing out terms because I was trying to act like, yeah. Marine marine bio callback? I was throwing around my my biological dick. (laughs) (laughs) Big swinging marine biologist dick. Um, So, yeah, they they wondered if invertebrates were actually pollinating the seagrasses or just feeding on it. So Van Tussenbrook and her team added an assortment of tiny crustaceans to an aquarium of turtle grass. And in minutes, pollen had appeared on the female flowers compared with no transfer in the control tank that didn't have crustaceans in it. So the take-home message was clear. Tiny crustaceans were carrying pollen from flower to flower, helping fertilize them. And in the wild, I think this happens in addition to pollination via water currents. Yeah, so both, definitely, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, that was the other. That was a big part of my job, was seagrass monitoring. Oh, cool. Yeah, wow. we monitored seagrass in Florida Bay, which is like, if you look at Florida, in the bottom of Florida, and you see the keys curl around Florida. Uh-huh. All the water in between are the keys and the tip of Florida. Is, that's Florida Bay. So okay. we go out there and we'd literally count seagrass. Like, How do you count seagrass? Yeah, yeah. Exactly <laughs> how you think. It's, I mean, you, you stop the boat on a coordinate. You have these areas where, you, you know, there's different, it's a yeah. water quality issue. And you throw out these grids that were a third of a meter squared. And then within the grid, you had a piece of string, basically, that divided into four segments. Yeah. And you'd throw it out and it'd have a buoy on. You'd randomly throw them out, four of them out. And you use this method called the Bron Blanquet, which was some French guy invented. Uh-huh. It basically was like numbers that res- that that 
represented the cover abundance of the seagrass you're looking at, algae, everything that was in it, anything yeah. that was a living, like a plant sort of thing. Okay. Um, and then for the seagrass, like that turtle grass, for instance, you would you would gra- you would count all of it within one of those little quadrants. Uh-huh. So sometimes it was like you would count the shoots and the blades. So sometimes it was four shoots and usually there's about four to five blades in each of that so that's pretty easy but sometimes there was 98 to 100 shoots yeah when and it, 300 said, blades and you literally were going one you grab it kind of like you grab you know like grab top of your hair or something like that and you'd one two three, oh my four. god you know you'd have scuba on even if you were in like two three feet of water yeah you're not gonna hold your breath so you'd have you'd be scuba diving in two feet of water which is already ridiculous yeah. and then, <laughs> i mean we had like basically we just had like an extended tube from a from a tank on the boat we have a weight oh, okay. belt so we didn't have the whole gear on we used to when i first started but then we got smart about it and so you'd be in like two three feet of water that was completely murky and was uh shark breeding grounds like uh, bull sharks for one <laughs> so like you couldn't see three or four feet some some of these places and you're just like one two three four five, okay shit. now the blades and you'd have you'd have underwater paper that you could write on and under in pencils and then say so oh, okay. it's like indestructible paper you'd write and that, that was part of my job when i first got and I did like that how many hours a day are you counting blades of grass uh you would do we would do that about six times a year we do all of the we do about 12 different basins and we do 12 stations in each basin yeah. so we do one basin per day so to do 12 stations to do that there'd be one person on water and one on the boat one person doing the water quality and one person counting and so that would take you you know just doing the, that part like five hours but then you had to like drive back and forth on the boat and get all the gifts oh, so it was right, like right. a nine ten hour day it was a pretty long day but and they couldn't just make estimates <clears throat> and just like take pictures of the bottom and be like well you did that too i mean you did pictures too but you yeah. know you had to actually yeah, to to get real accurate assessments. You just yeah. need the data. That's how science works, guys. Uh, I don't even know. <laughs> it's you can't never, just drive where it looks good. That's why I like theory. I'm not yeah. a big practice but, guy. Uh, yeah, so we did that, and I, I think that program's still going on, but there's a lot of funding. You know, I don't know. How, I haven't been there in so long, but the, it was it was actually, for all it was, like a lot of times you'd be in the middle of nowhere in areas where no one else was allowed. We had permits to go. Yeah. And so you when you kick back at lunch, you'd just be like totally chill, relax. You'd be in the middle of this really gorgeous area. You'd see cool stuff like animals or things yeah, that happen. Yeah. Sometimes you get caught in a storm, which would be kind of nasty. But but it was pretty cool. I mean, the summer was great. The winter, I mean, I know Florida doesn't get that cold, but when the water is sixty degrees and you have to be in it for five yeah, hours, uh... it's cold. Like it's not it's not fun, you know. So by the way, it's weird how similar. Um, about four weeks, four or five weeks ago, we did an episode with Grant Lyon. Who basically did like the, same the thing, land version the of your land job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I know. I, I've talked to Grant about that too. Yeah, because he was even like you were you were surrounded by manatees. He was surrounded by cows. cows. Oh yeah, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. He was sea cows. He was counting yeah. like grass on the land. You were counting yeah. seagrass. Like it was. But weird. there were no. He had some bad cow experiences. You know, he had no mean manatees come after you ever, right? No, I've never had any bad manatee experiences. No, no. I mean, we just solid animals. Yeah. They're just. Fucking nice. They're solid, yeah. And when so, we tried I, to catch them, sometimes you'd tag them, and that you there's manatees that were tagged and released, yeah. and then you would catch them, and you'd weigh them and do, like, some other tests on them to see how they were doing out there, you know? Yeah. And uh, so that was a pain in the ass. So by the end of the day, sometimes you kind of hated a manatee. After right, you'd right, be right. like, oh, God, don't you know we're trying to be nice? Like, So, yeah. But <laughs> but now nah, they're pretty nice. They're, 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 I've never had any bad run-ins with manatees. Do they, make any, do they make any like dolphin-like noises? They don't echolocate or anything, do they? They will. They won't make. They don't make a lot of noises, but they they have been known to vocalize, uh, generally for their young, 
okay. they'll have what they believe is probably a, a distinct yeah. vocal pattern that represents what their child's their their, their offspring's name would be. Right. You know, if you want to anthropomorphize. So, and that that's been recorded like where there was like an animal that was stuck on the other side of a barrier from its its calf. Oh. They've recorded some of that stuff, but they're not, they're not. They don't really vocalize that much, you know. Yeah. I'm sure if they when they get hit by boats, they say the version yeah, of "fuck," right. whatever that is, like "motherfucker." <laughs> it's their road rage, like it's just here hanging out. <laughs> yeah, man, the boaters, man. I uh, we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> you want the, the worst things that I encountered with manatees was the people that don't like manatees. Why don't they like? Oh, because they have to slow down for them. You either have to slow down or that, you know, there's restrictions on how many docks you can build, marinas, things like that based on manatee habitat. So like I would work at these like boat shows doing educational stuff like, hey, here's a booth with yeah. here's some pamphlets about manatees. And people I had one time this these three drunk guys came up and they cleared all the pamphlets. off, just, just threw them off. <laughs> Start. They were drunk. They were yelling at me and they were like they one of them owned a marina. And the guy, this is a funny line, actually. The guy, this, first, this guy goes like this, like an imaginary shotgun, because there was a, mat, a big panel of two manatees that looked like they were kissing. They weren't. Yeah. Like the, the cutest thing you could ever see. And he was pretending to shoot him with a shotgun. He goes, I shoot him once, and then I shoot him twice to make sure they're dead. Like, All right. And, uh, and then this guy goes, I go, what? We're just here for education. He goes, he goes look, we, we had to shut down the marina because of manatees. Two Mexicans killed themselves because of manatees. And I go, because they lost their jobs. And I go, oh, my God. Oh, my God. The manatees are killing Mexicans. So, <laughs> what's going on? I don't even know, as a liberal, what side I'm meant exactly, to be on. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. I was, I was going to equate their hatred of manatees to a kind of racism. And then they're like, and they're killing well, Mexicans. Wait, the, the, his second. theory was the Mexicans, these two Mexican fellows lost their jobs because the marina right, shut okay. down. And the manatees are responsible. Right. And they're not even from here. Very, they're not from here. You know, well, fossil, fossil records, my This is the whole conversation. With. The Mexicans they the brought manatees. them here. They brought them here to eat the weeds <laughs> in the canals. That guy didn't have an accent like that, by the way. He was like a very rich guy that owned a marina. So I was just, but it so, sounds better no, if I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they I brought love, him here to eat. I love the, no, the equivalent of electing like the new Florida governor on a promise of building an underwater wall to keep yeah. the manatees out. <laughs> Got a manatee's coming here. Kill Mexicans. You know who's going to pay for that manatee wall? Yeah. I'm going to make the manatees The manatees. Yeah. They got a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if we mentioned it, but the bee story was sent in by James Huffman. Thank you, James. Underwater bees. We'll post, yeah, all, really the links. Cool. We'll oh, post yeah. all the links to the story at probablyscience.com, where you can also find the donation button. Oh, yes. Had quite a few people make good use of that uh, over the last week since we last recorded. Um, some recurring monthly donations. Uh, there was a one-off donation from Paul Taylor. Thank you. And from Bailey Ann Slaughter. Thank you very much, you both. Uh, and then... Monthly donations have come in. Uh, thank you very, very much to Stuart Holding, Tony Johansson, Ben Marriott, Brooks Gilmore, James Casson, Peter Long, David Wirth, Vladimir Kroons, James Cox. Uh, and then thank you very much, Justin Broad, and thank you very, very much, Catherine Lubiak and uh, Linda Moulton. That's extremely generous. Yes, that's uh, nice. Very generous of all of you. Um, uh, so thank you, everyone, who's helped support this show financially. It's really cool to see that happen and see that come in. We really appreciate it a great deal. Uh, also, with the holidays yeah. hot on the heels. I of, think you still have time. I was is checking. that the right spread? Like, the class yes. grammatically all wrong. Hot yeah. on our heels? We're, we're hot on the heels of the Whose holidays? Whose heels are they hot I on? I forgot who. I don't think you should a, do any heels on holidays. Yeah. That's a grammatical mess. But the holidays are about to are we, rapidly approaching. The holidays are hot <laughs> on our heels? <laughs> it's mid-December. Yeah. And... Yeah. 
uh, many of you are probably doing your shopping. Mm-hmm. Many of you are going to be buying gifts. A certain proportion of you will probably be using Amazon. There's still the time. Popular- I just checked the dates to see what the cutoffs are for like Christmas shipping, for instance. We've well, still, got, still got a few days left. So, so yeah. if you are using popular online retailer Amazon, uh, please use our link first. Uh, we have separate links for the US, UK, and Canadian stores. And if you click on our link first, or even just set that as your browser Amazon link, so it just auto-completes, you don't have to remember it. Uh, once you're within Amazon, having used our link, you just shop as normal. It costs you no extra, but we get a kickback. We get a little commission on every sale, and it really does add up. It's not an inconsiderable amount. So yeah. please, if you are about to drop a whole load of money on Amazon, use our link first. Um, and the other way you can help out, which I know many of you do, is by spreading the word, telling loads of people about us, uh, Facebooking, tweeting, writing nice things about us on iTunes, giving us nice reviews, giving us nice star ratings. Um, all that kind of thing really does help uh, yeah, we've had drive a great, traffic to our... The last two months, we've had a bunch of new listeners, so thanks for... Um... I mean, I don't know if it's because you guys have been telling your friends, but, you know, keep telling your friends. It, it does help a lot. We really, oh, also, I'll see if I can find who it was. But uh, we had one listener uh, write in to say that we're indirectly responsible for their relationship. I missed that one. Did really? you miss that oh, one? Yeah. I can't I... remember what it was, whether it was a comment or a, a tweet or a Facebook post. But uh, you guys are. We are pollinators. <laughs> uh, I'll see if I can find the message. But someone... Bento someone Philly saw us mentioned on someone else's OKCupid okay profile. No. Oh, I love that. Right. I love that so much. As a podcast they listen to. That's awesome. Uh, let me see if I can find it. So when they have babies, they're going to have to name one after one of you. Yeah. I know. That I know. makes me... That, that's like when I found out uh, like the festival in Portland, Bridgetown. There's four different couples, four different married couples that I know who have met their spouses there. Because they were attending shows or volunteering or... Yeah, like some were comedy fans who met other fans there. Um, Augie Smith met Julie at the first or second Bridgetown. That's true. Mm-hmm. Let me see where it is. It might have been a... It was a Facebook. It was on our Facebook group. Oh, okay. Uh, that's, I, I don't check that as often. Let me see if I can find that. But yeah... Absolutely put probably science on your dating profile to show that you're bone worthy. Yes. And if you're a high school uh, science student, <laughs> as is Stike Leather, who le- left us a five-star review on iTunes, thank you for that. He said, I use y'all for the monthly current events assignment in my AP environmental science <laughs> class. So blessed to have you guys. There we go. <laughs> Rachel blessed. Rachel Kuranek and her boyfriend. Oh, hey, cool. Rachel and her boyfriend. You better be listening to this episode because it'll be weird if you're not. <laughs> well, uh, you're we'll not going to know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Hot on the heels of the... Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so, great, yeah. Glad we could help you guys out. Awesome. And, that um, was very cool. Um, yeah, and the, you know that if you put it on your profile, then it'll make other people have to start listening to us so that they can impress you at the first date. Right, right. Uh, oh, uh, and if I could plug someone else's thing, just to throw some karma somebody else's way. Uh, Emily Witt, who was at our Burning Man camp last year, she was researching a book at the time. You remember that? Uh, we were in different camps, so... Oh, I thought you were, you were hanging out at mine. Yeah, so I, um, I missed that conversation. What was the book? I didn't read it until this trip I just went on. It's called Future Sex. It's great. It's on a lot of cr- critics' uh, year-end best of 2016 lists, and... Um, Is it about Westworld? I <laughs> <laughs> uh, Just look at, at sex and relationships in 2016. It's really well-researched and really engaging, so check out Future Sex by Emily Witt. Go through our Amazon link first, and then go, go buy that for your loved ones for the holidays. Uh, do we have time for one more story? Sure, why not? Do you have a preferred story? Um, I like them all. They're like my babies. They're like my manatee babies. Um, uh, actually, 
Do you want the surgery story, the blind story? I quite like that one. Or, or what were you about to suggest? Well, I mean, this isn't the full thing, but I, we got a very extensive email from Jennifer Cott, who is a um, psychology professor, I believe. Um, and we were talking about SSRIs and how there's like some controversy about whether they actually do anything, like Prozac, like selective serotonin, oh, yeah, yeah. whether they actually behave any better in curing depression than a placebo. And it turns out it's pretty controversial, and there's a lot to it, so I won't be Controversial, how? In, in some cases, they don't perform any better than a placebo. Got it. Um, but, but she also said in the course yeah, of this long email, we're not going to do the whole thing, but part of the reason why some of those studies have come up with nothing is because they're... They're broad studies that are on people who aren't necessarily the most serious people, In serious patients. Of, yeah. Of, right. A, well, so, yeah, I'm not trying to say this is saying it's a yes or no to that controversy, but an interesting thing at the end of it that throws another wrench in the works that I hadn't heard of. Um, she talked about someone named Dr. Irving Kirsch, who reports on a new drug, Tyaneptine, that's that is just as effective as SSRIs, actually gets 1% higher response rates for relieving depressive symptoms. But it's an SSRE, or Selective Serotonin Reuptake Enhancer, which is a huge problem because SSRIs increase the level of serotonin in the synapse to treat the symptoms of depression, and SSREs do the exact opposite, decreasing the level of serotonin in so the synapse. Like no, the opposite. No, no. Ah. SSRIs are like ecstasy in that it increases the serotonin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this this is a uh, reuptake enhancer, so it takes it out of the synapse. Oh, okay. So it lowers the amount of serotonin in the synapse, creating faster reuptake, which also seems to treat the symptoms of depression. So now we don't know what to think, and everything's up in the air. There's still a lot of skepticism in the field, but also a lot of people buying that research. So what about it's 5 HTP. Uh, well, yeah. that's the thing is like even that's just like a, nobody denies it. Like taking ecstasy, but no. Uh, but what's the five HTP? That's the stuff you can get over counter. Yeah, it's like to, that's what they take the day after. That's what they they take. We used the to day take after. it. Yeah, we used to take it <laughs> after after taking. I understand that some I understand. of these uh, <laughs> these hippie types who uh, partake in narcotics. no, we used to literally take that when we go to sleep after like a nice two day bender. Well, yeah, because it's yeah. supposed to be it's a it's a precursor to re. I still have it in my cabinet. Like, I'll take it once in a while. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna. Oh drink. yeah, I hold on to, to, to a friend here. I've got yeah. some for a friend. Over oh in yeah. Cabinet over here. Why do you guys have jobs or something? <laughs> <laughs> like I used to but back in the, when I was a scientist. It's funny because I was just recording. Uh, I just recorded like a, an hour that that um, I'm gonna. Try, well, it doesn't matter. But anyways, so I did that in Miami, and a lot of people I used to work with and at that job came yeah. out to it. And a lot of my jokes are like, so yeah, we did a lot of GHB on purpose, and then we would go, <laughs> it's like, wow. I was like, just like letting a lot of things out here. Yeah. <laughs> so. I will say Mexico had every drug over the counter, like yeah. placards out front of every, like there's a pharmacy on, they're as frequent as Starbucks, and they yeah. all have sandwich boards out with yeah. 20 things. It's like to regrow your eyelashes, fix baldness, acne, boners. It's everything. Nice. It's, they got yeah, they got Prozac, Latisse, Retin-A, uh, no opiates, but like uh, Valium, Xanax, and they have Modafinil, also called Provigil, which we've talked about, which is like it's used for fighter pilots for wakefulness, but also some biohackers claim that it's this cognitive. It's like the limitless pill, supposedly. Ah, uh, Bradley Cooper. Is that so what I'm they claim? Yeah, we've talked about this some, on the show before. Some, people, hey, some people say. So I'm curious about if that. a few porpoise have to die in yeah. Mexico. <laughs> I think what we've seen is it's going to be okay, guys. Yep. Hey, no uh, one knows about the panda porpoise. (laughs) I know. We just found out about them. The inbred panda porpoises. 
Well, we're speculating about the end. I want to get in on that. Fans. I want to get in on some um, some some fish bladder money. <laughs> oh God, at forty thousand or twenty thousand each. Yeah, I can. I want some fish bladder money. Some fish bladders. <laughs> do you have one more you wanted to do, Matt? I no, I, I was going to ask Forrest uh, where our listeners can find out about him and his work. Oh, I'm I'm at Bill. Oh, so lucky. Come on. Uh, pretty much everything is my name, Forrest Shaw. That's F-O- Forrest with two R's. Two, yeah, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-S-H-A-W. And that's Twitter and Instagram and my website. It's all, it's all there. Uh, yeah, I'm around town a lot until the New Year's. And the New Year's I'll be in Boston at the Wilbur Theater with Jim Jeffries for six shows. Nice. So you should go to that. Damn. I know. It's a lot of shows in that theater. Three nights, six shows. How big is that theater? Uh, it's, it's not the biggest theater, but it's, it's kind of, it feels like a club kind of, I don't know how big it is. Maybe 1500 or no, it's a lot. I mean, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like looking down and said 9,000 tickets. So uh, (laughs) over three days, big deal. Yeah. But now obviously Jim's going to, going to fill it up, but I think there's still some tickets available for some of the shows. Yeah, it is actually for, for the, no wonder he's doing six shows in there. It's 12, it's only 1200. Have you ever been there? No, I haven't. It almost feels like a club because there's even in the bottom level, there's even like tables like there would be at the Oscars. Yeah. Okay. Kind of like they're sitting around and like, and then it has like the rake and the, it's got like three levels and it's, it's a great place and it's like, right. It's, it's, I went there last year with him and we had a great time and stuff, but now, you know, he's doing even more shows than he did last year there. So uh, I think there's I think some of the shows are sold out, but there's still tickets. And then and then I'm I'm not doing anything. I'm just doing shows around town till then. And then I'm going to New Zealand with them. So it's absolutely nothing that I should promote like that. You in New Why Zealand? Not? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm actually, just showing off have, now. And then I'm going to New Zealand. Uh, we have a surprising number. So in your face, people. Do you have New Zealand? Oh, we Aussies definitely. And Kiwis. We have more. Oh, than we hey, should. look, yeah, I'm yeah. doing the tour with Jim Jeffries in, in New Zealand. Uh, yeah, most to, of this is thanks to Will Anderson. If you uh, go to Frontier. Uh, Frontier Touring is who we're doing it down on there. If you go to Jim Jeffrey's site or you can go to my website, I have it on there so too. So go and check out Forrest at that show 11... and then get a bonus hour and a half of Jim. Yeah, yeah. You'll get some Jim Jeffries <laughs> and uh, you'll get about 20 minutes of me struggling to figure out what New Zealand people think is funny. So, but that we're doing 11 shows there. So it's like every city in New Zealand. Like, you know, yeah, it's really? Like, How many could there be? We're doing both so, islands. It's like 11. And, I'm at, and, there and if there are people from New Zealand that and you go to show or even if you don't i'm gonna stay there an extra like five six days on my own and because i'm gonna try to figure out some stuff to do and do it so if you have any recommendations please tweet me or instagram or facebook or do whatever. it we definitely we 100 percent have new zealand yeah, give, me yeah, some, yeah. give me some recommendations because sure we're gonna be like just heavy for like 12 it's like 11 out of 12 days we're doing shows and then i'm gonna stick around for like five days and, and just do like some cool so yeah, people in new zealand like, it's freezing no wait it's summer so that's summer that's right yeah, yeah. Time. You're, yeah, people in New Zealand, you're friendly, lovely people. Treat, track down for us and yeah. treat them right. Show me some stuff. Show him around. Pollinators. <laughs> uh, Forrest, thank you very much for listening. Yeah, that was oh, sorry great. for joining us. And thank you very much, listeners, for listening. Um, Thanks for having me. Uh, probablyscience uh, at gmail.com. If you want to email us questions, comments, clarifications, or stories to cover, you can tweet us at probablyscience, um, at Andy T. Wood, and at Matt Kirshen individually. Uh, also check out at Jesse Case and Jesse versus Cancer. Uh, donate if you're able to donate. Use our Amazon shopping link if you're shopping on Amazon and spread the word, tell people. And thank you so much for listening. Yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye.